Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married. Today we're going to be discussing Heartbreaker by Sarah McLean. And this is part of the Hell's Bells novel series. I know. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. Don't you want to read the next one coming? Of course. I want to read the first one. This is not the first. No, this is the second. There's some stuff that like, you kind of learn about that seems like it was from a previous novel. Yes. The character Cecily, who was in there. You mean sexily? Yes. Cecily. They call her sexily. That was what, you know, the prudes of London society called her. Just because she was a woman on her own. Being a woman on Um, her own. I think that one's called Bombshell. Or no, Bombshell's the one coming out. Is this the one you read first or did you read it in the series order? Oh, I read it in the series order. Was it good? When when it started coming out, were you like, this is good stuff? I mean, they're fun to read. I enjoy reading them. I would say that I thought the reason we read Heartbreaker Mm -hmm. is because I thought it was better than the... The one before it. Okay. So, she really hit her stride. McLean Yeah, really stride I thought these characters I really enjoyed. Yeah. What did you, which in, which characters did you enjoy? The main characters. Oh, I like her. The, um, Adelaide. The Duke and Adelaide. Yeah. Henry, if you will. Yes. Oh, yeah, Henry. Sir Claiborne. <laughs> lord. Lord Claiborne. Yeah. Is he a lord? Because he's the Duke. Dukes are lords. I'm pretty sure, yeah. They're not just sirs. Yeah. They're they're more, you know, they're at the top of society, so. Once I, uh, we had a cardinal coming to visit um, a place where I worked, a Catholic cardinal. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, fr- my co-worker, who we both know, who now lives in Florida with us, mm-hmm. um, didn't know how to address him. And I... Almost got him to believe that you're supposed to address him as your highness. <laughs> and he would have done it. Had not. I forget who ruined it for us. But somebody ruined it. Oh, no. That was going to be the best. But it didn't happen, unfortunately. <laughs> so what are we drinking today? It is very bright blue colored. Mm-hmm. Um, We're drinking the woman warrior. The woman warrior. Mm-hmm. For being so blue, I taste like lemon and then some uh, liquor, but I don't know which liquor. Mm. Well, it's blue curacao. Ah, okay. So blue curacao, vodka. Vodka, that's what I thought. I thought vodka. Oh, lime. And we've got good vodka. We got kettle one, so it's top Mm -hmm. shelf. I think that's top shelf, isn't it? I mean, I know it's... As if I know. I was going to say, I'm sure there are things that are very expensive, but it's pretty but good. But to me, when I actually drank vodka regularly, that was like really good stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> since since my drinking stopped at and like And plus it, it was in our freezer, so it was already Yeah, it's cool. nice and cold. So that was more inspired by the theme of the novel than the time of the novel, right? Like, because well, the woman warrior, this doesn't seem like a British. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's vodka. I mean, it's... It's not not European, but but it looks more like tropical or something. Well, bu- blue curacao, I guess, makes it look that way. But right, and it has lime. Know. 
I don't know. All the London cocktails seem to be uh, gin-based, really. Oh, okay. Uh, you look up London cocktail, they all seem... I mean, there are some whiskey cocktails, but... Nothing really spoke to but you. But gin is really the thing to oh, do. And you didn't want to go that route. But that's what I mean. Like, this seems more inspired by the theme, which is fine. Woman warrior. I mean, that's what they are. The whole right. bells. Well, I which just is a different through, way. I just... Uh, nothing struck my fancy. I mean, there were... I started with a, a boxer theme. There are some boxer okay. themed oh, cocktails. That's interesting. Sound disgusting. Oh. <laughs> I sound probably really would like gross. them. Um, and uh, no, you wouldn't. Oh, no, no, no. They sound like you. Like I might be able to choke them down. You would probably oh, you even think? drink them. They. <laughs> It's like six liquors mixed oh, in one. Okay. It just seems terrible. I don't know. If Sunday afternoon. That's the route to go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so I just went, I finally, I tried a feminist themed, yeah, that's feminism themed uh, cocktails. There aren't any really good sounding ones. There were like women author themed drinks and they all seemed terrible. I just finally <laughs> landed on this. Okay. I mean, it's got to like, it it's gotta like, sound like it tastes good and this is pretty simple. So Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It works. I mean, the vodka is strong, but. Yeah, there's n- there's nothing except for lime juice. Right. So you can taste the lime, but beyond that, I, I was like, I don't think there's anything but liquor in here. Yeah. So All right. So fun novel, right? Fun novel. I did enjoy. I liked the idea of it. So I came in with a very charitable, charitable eyes. And, I think that's the, that's what I've been saying. That's the way to go into these. Um, I, th- I liked the concept. Um We'll say from about halfway through until like 90% of the way through, it's basically one long sex scene. It is not. You told or me one that long sex scene there are another. breaks in that because he like almost dies at one point in the middle. Yeah. But, but then there, yeah. Okay. So then there's a chapter of him like recuperating from like some weird coma or something. Like well, where he's he sleeping. lost so much blood because he got stabbed. And a fever. And then like as soon as he wakes up, they're like doing it. I didn't in, think that was quite robust a lot of him because uh, he was ways. literally about to die. Yeah, and then got an infection after he lost so much blood. <laughs> and then he, he wakes up, and, and literally the, the day because typically he wakes up. I will say there's a day of recovery in there because typically the the male hero wants to but just can't because he's not physically is able. It, is that what happens in romance novels? That's pretty common. That like he he sees the woman who has nursed him or mm. the man sees the woman wake up and the man wants to but can't because he's just not healed enough and that's a whole thing that he has to heal enough Mm. but in this one there was no need lost a lot of blood but then that blood just went to one place as soon as he woke up (laughs) he had to show her that she was desirable is that what he had to do i mean he did. He was pretty committed to doing that. He did notice her, and that yes. was very important to talk about how noticed she felt. Well, because she had never been noticed, or she hadn't felt noticed. Yeah, that's true. Um, so how romantic was it? I mean, I think it was a fun romance. I don't know, like, if it was realistic romance, but that's okay. I I did think it was fun. I mean, they 
Yeah, I don't know, romance. It depends on what we're saying romance is. I've kind of really... Well, I'm just, I'm on a quest to figure out what Well, is. he did. The mo- one of the romantic things was when he said, I'll be by your side. And while, and I'll be your partner. Mm-hmm. And given that this is a historical novel, that's a very romantic idea. Mm. Like, I, you're not going to belong to me. You're not going to do what I say, but I want to be with you by your side. Yeah. Fighting your battles with you. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than a hero. Is he joining, is he the, joining the team? Yeah. You know, because now they'll have two men. Because uh, Cecily's husband. Cecily's husband. I, I had a feeling you might pick that one up. Uh, <laughs> um, he's already part of it. Caleb Calhoun. He's Uh-oh. already part of the team. What is Caleb Calhoun? Is he the captain? Yeah. Remember he was driving Ship the captain, boat in yeah. the beginning? I do remember. He's American. Ooh, or American. he came from America. I don't. I don't remember all the details, but hmm. and you know they fought their love too. But yeah, yeah. Um, I thought she. I thought it was fun, and I mean, it was a little contrived. The fact that they like couldn't get separate rooms, and so we always talk about that and that she has a podcast she's the one who hosts faded mates yeah you know and we always talk about that as one of the tropes the single bed and what that forces to happen (laughs) she talks about that yeah because it's like fun you know it's like so common but yet it works every time you just don't have any choice you have to be in proximity with with the single bed is a constant in romance (laughs) yeah but the first night he like slept on the chair in front of the door yeah but then they had some they had some uh building of romantic they did ardor mm-hmm. if you will um and by the second night yes there was definitely a lot of of uh racy business going on between there them. was by the second night yeah he was a very giving lover did you notice that yes which is romantic. You like that. That's romantic, yeah. yeah. And, you know, because they didn't go all the way. I mean. On the first time. By Bill Clinton's definition of not going all the way, yeah, they didn't. <laughs> but they went all the way. I mean, come on. No, but not for his pleasure. By your de- <laughs> Well, he definitely got pleasure out of it. He did, but he didn't get, you know, like, the full pleasure. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, and she seemed uh, very receptive. I mean, very open to she, this new way of being, even though she didn't want any man, didn't want well, a Well, she partner. had never really had an opportunity. And she hadn't really... I mean, she was closed off. She was... The beginning of the novel, she was closed off to even a relationship. By the end of the novel, she's pregnant. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, but she fell in love. She found her life partner. But she was throughout the thing. You know, we read some novels where, like, they didn't want to have kids, and that was part of the okay thing. But I don't think she ever didn't want. She came around. Unlike unlike, um, Rain. Wild Rain. Wild Rain, where, like, the guy is like, oh, you don't want kids? Okay, I've always wanted kids, but I'm going to totally change my mind about that. I don't think there was. For you. This is one where she's like, 
I don't want to have kids. In fact, they have a whole argument. No, remember, he's the one who didn't want to have kids. Yeah. Because he didn't feel like it was right. But then he, there's a point where he, like, says, well, I'm starting to think she maybe healed marriage him like is, that. and yeah. kids are the right thing. And she's like, I'll be your I'll be your partner. I'll be your mistress, but I won't have your kids. And I, I certainly won't have you. And they have but a whole it's not because that. she didn't want kids. It's because she didn't think she was worthy of having kids with him. That's different than not wanting children. Oh, then she felt worthy, and then she wanted children. Yeah, because she realized that he loved her, and that yeah. it was going to be okay. It didn't matter where he she believed came from. in true love. He did. Yes. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, and this is like a stupid thing, but anytime a dad sort of adopts a kid that's not his own. It's like kind of touches me in my heart a little bit. I I because was there are say so many that's... so many fatherless children out there who need like father figures, and whenever a father is like, "I'm going to be your father," and we've got somebody close to us, um, yeah, you know, um, Hank's wrestling coach. Yes, his son is not. Mm-hmm. His yeah, which I didn't son, even know. But he's given so much to the kid and like raised him like his yeah. own, and that's like really meaningful. So. You know, I really liked that. Actually, I was going to bring that up as something romantic. I thought that was really nice the way she did that. So he had the secret. That's not, I mean, that kind of secret it figures in historical romance because birth was so important. Mm-hmm. But the story between his parents was a love story. Yeah. Like he loved her. Usually what happens is the dad treats the son and mother terribly. But in this one, it mm-hmm. was a love story. Mm-hmm. And he wanted them both and he and they had a love for each other and i thought that's really nice yeah like i i did because that is so common in romance historical romance what is the idea that a woman marries a man and she is already pregnant with a child but typically the man that she marries treats them terribly Mm. but in this story that's not the case yeah yeah that's pretty nice Yeah. yeah i like that um, I will say just for my tastes, I think the like sex scenes went on too, for too much. They were. I did notice because now I'm reading like there are multiple chapters of the same sex scene. Like it didn't just end <laughs> with a chapter and of it happening. Know. It's like oh, there's a second, third, fourth chapter of the same sex scene progressing <laughs> through chapters, and that that felt weird. That felt like. Why is it, why, what is the function of chapters? I mean, they were like, in these, weren't they like different parts of the lovemaking? Like, Like, you know, you might have (laughs) one act and then another and then like the final building. (laughs) Sometimes you'll see two. I'm not sure. Can you explain that (laughs) more in depth? (laughs) Um. I will say because I had a feeling that it would be a little much for you. Is well, one reason we haven't read her earlier. In she's our very reading. good, but I, her story. I, I was like, I we like, need something different. No, know? I like. I actually like her. Like, I'm not that into these, but she's like kind of. She makes it interesting, right? Her characters are doing all sorts of interesting things, um, and she seems to like really enjoy telling the story of what right. they're doing. And you get that sense. Um, but she is racy. All of her books are like this. In fact, this one is maybe not as 
racy as the other ones? Well, a lot of them, the women are much more demanding. Much more, more demanding aware, than this. Much more aware of their power from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like the Cecily story, she's the pursuer mm-hmm. instead of sexily. Cecily, although she did kind of take back the name and own it, so I suppose she it's did. okay that you, you can you can call her sexily. It's okay. Um. So yeah, like hers are all like this. They all have a lot of mm-hmm. sex in them. Very described mm-hmm. in detail. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, there was a lot. You said that took up a lot of the book, but there's still a lot of story going on. I mean, they're, like, racing across England. They're fighting the gangs. They're, like, yeah, destroying bad aristocrats. Like, there they're seemed, doing a lot of things. Yeah. There seemed, this, this seemed very planned, like, this novel. Oh, uh, yeah. She clearly had a plan, right? Like she, you, mean, think, you think she, like, wrote a storyboard before she wrote I, it? I bet. Huh. There's probably something where she talks about it, but don't you? I mean, it felt like that. I mean, there was like the meeting, yeah, the like madcap race. Well, that's why it's in the end. It feels like in Ocean's Eleven. But that's fine. It's fun. It's fun, but how instructive is it on human nature? Like, how instructive is Ocean's Eleven on human nature? Well, but this is more than Ocean's Eleven because this is still about the relationship between the people, whether it's about the friends, but the that, women. That's Ocean's Eleven is too. There's a lot of that relationship. Yeah, but, but it, this is but like in the end, they're trying to steal is things family? back from each other and like. But what is family? What is the value? What is your value? Where does it come from? Those are in this book, and that's not Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is literally a caper. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different than that. It's a woman who hadn't really been loved except until she got invited into this group of women. Um, yeah. I would then, say that plot is primary. Yeah. And I mean, characterization is secondary. If I'll you give had you that. Choose. Cause there's more plot in right. this than in a lot of romance novels. But again, right. it's one of the reasons I chose it. Cause I thought it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's still, a lot of it is literally the two of them. Yeah. Um, but they're in a lot of struggles, you're right. Like, they're constantly getting attacked. And Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, like, recovering from, it's like, comatose for five days, and there's this whole long scene of her just sitting vigil and Well, I would sit vigil over you if you worrying. were comatose. Well, I would literally be you're sitting. stuck with me. Yeah, but even if I wasn't, I would be sitting there. Mm-hmm. I would have been sitting there t- 18 years ago if you would have let me. Well. And you would have been comatose, so you wouldn't have had a choice. Mm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess it would have been 19 because 18, you were already, already had you in my clutches. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. So, I mean, that's true. And... It was sweet when he like slept in front of the door when they were sleeping the first night in the hotel and he like put his chair in front of the door and she had never really had anyone to protect her before. Mm -hmm. And so like she could protect herself, but she could also have someone protect her. That was nice. And how she tried to go out and solve it alone, but then he showed up. You mean? At the end. At 
his father's at her father's church that yes. he owned. There were gangs were. I kept on seeing Peaky Blinders in my mind. I eye. did a little bit too. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like Peaky Blinders. Uh-huh. Well, Maybe like they have razor blades in their hats or something. You it's know? like gangs that were, right, yeah. Right. She has a lot of, like, that's something interesting that she does. Her books often, this one obviously has aristocrats in it, but a lot of her books take place in, like, poorer neighborhoods with mm-hmm. people that are more, like, either, like, they've managed to build fortune through, you know, mm-hmm bad deeds or they are not wealthy mm-hmm. so she kind of like t- deals with that historical perspective Alfie bull trumbull trumbull yes head of the bully boys i know yeah. right i mean and cuz you had seen the bully boys in other novels that she'd written oh and had so you. now you're like seeing them in this one with her as the yeah But I mean, it's it's not that the fun. Like I think the point too is that what he was doing with his daughter isn't that different from what aristocrats do. He just lives in a different world than they do. Uh, you know, yeah. like Mary. I think that's very interesting. I think it could be very instructive as to where we are in. I mean, culture informs romance. Like there's, yeah. like where you are in the culture, mm-hmm. what is happening in the culture where you've been in the culture informs what you consider romantic, right? Right. I'm not even sure romance really existed beyond aristocratic circles, pre-industrial revolution. Uh, you know, you, people just, you were, your parents decided who you were going to marry and you married the person. But in the aristocratic circles, they did too. Yeah. But I, th- I think of- there was probably some romance because Maybe. they had, time and 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 the resources to do something beyond survive you know um i assume there was romance when it came to like finding a mistress for example like maybe not your marriage maybe not love if you're lucky if you're lucky you know there was love and romance in your marriage if you weren't lucky Maybe there was love and romance in your with your mistress, right? Because that's they even talk about a mistress in this. Mm-hmm. Is sort of what I see, and so I think there's something to be gained from thinking, seeing where women came from. I think there's something that you can learn from this sort of like fever dream that Sarah McLean put together. You know, <laughs> like the, this idea: oh, let's have a bunch of women who come up with a basically like a a proto women's shelter, you know, any women can come live in this place. And it's like all these liberated women. And this woman like was the heir of some man who doesn't care what she does with her resources. And she's bankrolling this whole thing. And it's like this little enclave of women's lib pre women's lib. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that says something about what women what's true to their nature as as you know just as uh as women as human beings yeah. that are females you know um what would we have wanted back then so her imagination is right. like what what would these women have wanted and what would they have been like and of course it's yeah. all informed by like modern notions like this idea that they were worried about Children's labor, for example, that is the animating thing behind 
Although we could look. I bet that's historically accurate. I bet she researched what was a topic of that time that people had very divided opinions about. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, the the likelihood that they are progressive in all those ways is, like, unlikely. Right, but this is a dream. I mean, this is fiction. That's her opportunity to, like, take... I mean, she's in some ways taking things that she cares about today and putting them in a historical setting because she can do that. And I mean, why not do it that way? Well, so it it doesn't tell you much about that time. No, but that's not what it tells you about what women want today. And what they want is somebody to care about more. So there are a few things. One is like that you're noticed. Yeah. I've been saying that since the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's that you're noticed and in a way that's like you care about. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think we haven't talked about is uh, Lord Henry is very playful, mm-hmm. <laughs> even in the bedroom. Yes, he is, isn't he? He makes his uh, love interest say many dirty things, kind of like I do. Like I enjoy trying to push you on the podcast to say things that are beyond your comfort level. I know, but I mean, she's always doing that. There, hers always have that. In there's all. there's some um, incidences of uh, cock and I, pussy. So there's one are. of. Well, I highlighted it, so we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Yes. Don't worry. I know. I, I notice it now that you're like. Oh. Just... <laughs> See, I'm still too American. Hmm. Isn't Sarah McLean? Is that her name? She Sarah... is. Yeah. Isn't she Sarah American? McLean. Yeah. I know. I'm too. I was thinking I was too like puritanical American uh, too. Neo Victorian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so she's, um, so Ad- Adelaide, Adeline? Adelaide. Adelaide. Addie. Is um, daughter of a gang leader. Mm-hmm. Is the nipper, is the the nipper princess of South London or wherever yeah. they are. Uh, she's going to be married off, but it's just a ruse to get in a gang fight, apparently. And um, it did not matter that Adelaide was too tall, too plain, or that John Scully absolutely had absolutely no interest in her. Oh, he smiled when she came into the room, and he'd been more than willing to sample the wares, which her father had all but insisted she allow. That was my first highlight. What did you think of that? Did that hurt? Well, it just shows how, to me, it's a way of showing how women were treated and what they were for in that time period. I mean, it's not the first time I've read something similar like that mm-hmm. idea. I mean, they were. Like, it didn't really matter what they wanted. It didn't matter who they were. Yeah. So then, of course, the love story is someone who but cares about who she wears. was. I know. It's just so disgusting. Oh, yeah. Men. They just. I know. I mean, women just were treated like objects mm-hmm. for the gain of men. Mm-hmm. That's basically yeah. what was going on at that time. Adelaide didn't care for her father, and she highly doubted she would care for her new husband. (laughs) But this was the life into which she was born, and if she was lucky, she would survive marriage to a monster better than her own mother had. Perhaps John Scully would die young. (laughs) 
Right. That was like the best they could hope for. Yeah. Um, Adelaide eyed the basket, the woman, and the woman warily. You ain't like no young nun I've ever known. And I saw ain't, and I said, oh, that's not. They don't say that. And then I looked up that etymology. They definitely said ain't. Oh, really? It came from England. I think she looked up everything, and Uh, I tried to keep everything, like, within the realm of what was So you didn't find any... Did not find any... Because I know you typically look at that. In fact, there were some authors that that were... I think it was... uh, Oh, I forget. Austin and somebody else was cited in here, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I highlighted them, and... And that would that would make sense if this was what like mid eighteen hundreds. That's how I read it, but mm-hmm. I actually don't know. I didn't. Right. It's Victorian, right? Because they reference Victoria being in her palace. Oh, I didn't. I guess I didn't notice. Yeah, because she kind of like, and she's like the place, uh-huh. Maggie's place is like. It's like it's not that different the women being together than the palace, you know, a mile away. But she'd much rather be in the place than in the palace. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Eddie Trumbull, the story went, had left a princess and become a queen. Remarkable how legends grew without proof, even in places where soil was salted and the fields lay fallow, especially in those places like that. Yeah, was a good line. yeah. Fields are salted. You know, obviously the fields aren't salted, but like that's a metaphor. But it tells you like where she came from and how the stories still and the legends and the mystery and the magic Mm -hmm. um, are there. I thought that was a nice little, like, I just liked that whole piece of her like like, disappearing. That was page 11. So that's like, yeah, they got already quickly into it. (laughs) Getting good, like, little lines in there that are like, you know, a, a little bit better than just. Plot driven. So this was plot driven, but it was well written, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfie Trumbull took, quote, tea every afternoon at four o'clock at the Wild Pheasant, <laughs> Pheasant, a bordello he owned in the shadow of Lambeth Place. So that was, Wait, so you just get a picture of what it's like yeah. down there in Lambeth? This stern, unyielding man kissed like a practiced and superior scoundrel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's to show that he's not actually the stern, no-fun man he appeared to be. Yeah. So we know from the the beginning that he's more... Those toffs are are just no fun. Exactly, but we know he is more than that. So toffs is like a pejorative for aristocrats? Yeah. Is that like... Have you seen that before? Uh Uh-huh. That's a new word. I did not know Toph. I'm surprised it wasn't in Lisa. Klepus. Hmm. Um, Sarah's a big fan of Lisa Klepus and Judith McNaught. McNaughty. The author. Yeah. Yeah. You can see McNaughty. In this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That much was true. Cecily was a renowned scandal. Daughter to a recently minted earl and his brash countess, and until several months earlier, unmarried, 30, rich, beautiful, and with an absolute fearlessness that every woman on her own deserved to claim. Ugh. Oh, exactly. I threw up in my mouth during no, that. No, that's why women want to read this. Like, you want to be fearless, just willing to do what you want to do and not be held by the strictures and burdens of society. But then you're still a good person, right? But everyone's 
so beholden to their own norms of whatever society is. You want to escape it, but even in escaping it, you're reacting to it is what you're doing. Yeah, but you still want to escape it. Nobody you escapes wanna. it. It's impossible. Romance is impossible with, without context. But you still can, you can redefine it. You can redefine. Yeah, you're reacting to it. That's fine. Fine, but you're still not being held down by it. Not physically. Maybe mentally. Maybe, but but you're doing your best to not be and to try to do something different that's more true to who you are. They weren't workers. They were children, vulnerable and forgotten. Considered disposable by men like Havistock. Mm-hmm. A little much, but I highlighted that in blue. It was less. I mean, it's less artful, but at least it's like a cause that you can get behind. Like, I mean, yeah. it's child labor. It's abusing children. I mean, as long as you're doing a flight of fancy in your imagination, do whatever you want, right? No, yeah, but Make people did fun. have to fight against child labor. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was that good line where she, they're at the Havistock house talking to the wife. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how the child labor keeps the children from being idle. And it's, like, in a house <laughs> that was built for idleness or something right. because they didn't have to do anything. No, I like that. That yeah. was good. <laughs> a group of ravens is called an unkindness. I like that line. Uh-huh. Me too. Um, that was good. Um, well, she's next. Imogen is the next book, so. Well, we don't <laughs> have to read that next. Well, I will. I mean, no, I mean, it's like her next book. It doesn't come out till August. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Be waiting with bated breath. <laughs> um, Adelaide scoffed, as though the only way to see the truth of the world is to be scorned by a man. Cecily added, as though being scorned makes one mysterious. Are we mysterious, Imogen asked. Not if you had anything to say about it, Imogen, Adelaide replied. I had that in in pink and blue. I like it. Um, Then why is it blue, too? A little too cute. A little bit over the top. But you're trying, like... Like, they're so self-aware... It's like it's a it it just reminded me it it got into Ocean's Eleven. They know it's like it's like when you see Brad Pitt or um Julia Roberts on the silver screen and you know that they think they're the most attractive person on the screen. And they are. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> they are very attractive. Right. But when you know that they know that they're doing it. It makes me dislike them a little bit. Like a piece but of me. But you can't dislike these characters. I mean, they're like so. But they're awesome. too cute. It's almost like they're too self-aware of how cute and, and interesting and what and, and clever and what like what they represent to the people reading and watching them. Ugh, come on. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I disagree. A little I little over think the top. Like. I liked it. I thought it could just be but toned it's, you down know, it's a, a little new, bit. I see what you're saying. It's a new move in romance, though, is to have the women have, like, this group of friends, like, this, like, girl gang or, like, 
group of sisters or um, – it used to not really have that so much. But I, I really like it because I do think that's also part of what women want to have. A girl gang? <laughs> like a group of girls that like, you know, uh-huh. have each other's back. Imogen Lovelace was the kind of woman people noticed because it was impossible not to notice her. She was a whirling dervish, a book that could be absolutely judged by its cover. Short and plump, with a head <laughs> of right as black curls and a taste for chemistry experiments that was likely to save the day as they were to destroy it. Imogen was a friend who was, by turns, exciting and absolutely terrifying. Well, they're setting up because Imogen's the next story, so you got to set up to get to know her a little bit so you want to read about her. Right, right. And, I mean, it makes me want to read about her. Yeah. So. Don't take it too seriously. Exactly, right. It's just, like, fun. Yeah. You, like, these are interesting women to know about. Well, that's that's the way I feel about Ocean's Eleven. I love Ocean Eleven. I like all those movies. They're fun. They're interesting. They're entertaining. They're done well. The craft is done well. This is a good writer. She's a good writer. She knows what she's doing. Like, there wasn't one misstep that I, like, highlighted in blue because I felt like it was written poorly. Okay. It was just sort of like, if anything, it was too cute. It was like she knew what they represented while she was writing it. Oh, let's have her say this. Yeah. And it'll be like, Mm -hmm. the women reading it will be like, yeah, sister, I hear you. Do that. It works. <laughs> <laughs> you like it? I do. Um, how it was that no one on either side of the Thames seemed to notice her was a puzzle for the ages. Claiborne couldn't help but notice her. He noticed her constantly in ballrooms when she turned up with her odd friends and at dinner parties when she was the quietest one in the room and on her morning walks through Hyde Park. He'd been able to pick Adeline Frapton from the crowd for years. Christ, he'd been unable not to. Because we already know. They're meant yeah. to be. He could already see up her. in my mouth. That's romantic. That she I see, get he it. sees her and he sees all that's special about her. And don't you think that's how it is? Like the person that you love, you see differently than everybody else sees them. Yeah. You had big boobs when we were in high school. So ah, that's not romantic. <laughs> well, I did notice you immediately. Okay. Well, I don't want to be noticed for that. <laughs> you don't? No. Not at all. Not at all. Not by me, the love of your life. Well, maybe I'm okay with it now. But when I was in high school, I did not want to be noticed for that. Hmm. Not even that it hooked me and I couldn't escape the gravity that is Ashley Tyson. Nah, hopefully there was more in. to it than that. There was. <laughs> there was more than your done, bl- done breasts, oh, as Miss Ackland would say. Our teacher said it in class. That's what I'm saying. And again, as a misstep. Misstep? Yes, calling attention to something I definitely did not How much mileage have I gotten out of that? Right, so that clearly means it was horrifying to 17-year-old me. I read about your 
display in Lord's last week, she said, disdain dripping from every word as she referenced his losing his temper before the assembly as he attempted to move them to compassion for literally anyone but themselves. What a good Samaritan you are, speaking on. Yep. What was it? Labor of some kind? (laughs) Too much. Too much. Like he's too virtuous? Well, no. They moved them to compassion for literally anyone but themselves. Like, I know. It's easy to take pot shots at, like, politicians. And the whole idea is that, like, politicians can't do anything. It's actually, like, these renegade gangs of girls who can do things. It's ridiculous. Real change happens. It's just not sexy or interesting when but it does. But it's not true. It happens in both ways. And sometimes you need the one because the other takes time. Even and- even when it's disruptive action, even when it's civil rights movements, it's not sexy like it is in this novel. It's not that it's not that interesting. It has to be organized. It has to be thoughtful. Yeah, that's why that's how and he is. A he's long, like that. difficult slog. But he's presented that way. In the meantime, there are still women being harmed. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like, yes, it's not that he shouldn't do what he's doing. But it's that you still need someone doing it in the moment. And in the moment, it's that's not how politics works. It's not how government long works. Long arc of justice works because of politics, not because of but you still groups. need people there for the people who are in the moment being harmed. Oh, I agree. I mean, you got to have somebody helping women when there's no recourse mm-hmm. or helping children mm-hmm. until the government does what it does. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm I mean, take about. I take pot shots at the government. I mean, yes, politics is so terrible. Like, they don't actually do anything. But it's just not true. It's not true. They do a lot. The reason slavery is outlawed is because of politics. Right, but you still needed the Underground Railroad to get people out of slavery in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think, the point. Yeah, you need the, the rebels, mm-hmm. the renegades working in secret. But then why, then why, then why say, why say... Move them to compassion for literally anyone but themselves. I mean, there are people who care about- But that's different because you're not even talking about government. You're literally talking about aristocratic, rich, wealthy people. Henry Claiborne. But he's in contrast. Well. Yeah. He's the one saying it. Literally anyone but themselves. I don't like arrogant people who just think they're just like so special. Because you're not going to change anything if truly he was that unique. You're not going to change the laws for child labor if literally he's sac- he's the singular Henry Claiborne, and nobody nobody has <laughs> sympathy for the children working. I mean, it's just not well, true. clearly people did, but not have a stock, and he's in opposition I mean, to have a stock. I get it. It's the zeitgeist. Just- the zeitgeist wants to hate politicians. Fine, put it in there. Are you like loving politicians right now? Is that like something no, you want to do? But I've got a measured view of them. And I don't take pot shots at them in order to just get an emotional reaction. Mm. Child labor should not be the only thing men debate. I mean, again, they're just, it's too much. Said as a man. So, uh, what did you think of the matchbreaker? Speaking of men, 
the matchbreaker character the, the con- like the 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 concept of a matchbreaker did you I like actually kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of so fun, again smart a, fe- and a like, fever dream. Like this is not true, but let's let's think back. But that's kind of creative. Be, like cool? someone who was intervening and like breaking matches like, by coming by by like finding secrets. Like basically a spy, but like furthered the cause. Yeah, like of women's yeah. liberation and like women living a good life. So I actually thought it was kind of a fun way to think about it. You mm-hmm. know, like. And everyone saw it one had one perspective. Like it was like the parents in control, but she wasn't operating that way. How, let me ask you this. This is the perfect point at which to ask you this oh, question. I can only imagine. How feminist is this novel? Is it strongly feminist? I read it as strongly feminist. Given that it's strongly feminist, given that you read it that way, how do you reconcile that with the way Adelaide is treated in the bedroom by Henry Claiborne? What do you mean how she's treated? There's a point at which they actually talk about his dominion over her. I don't remember that. Oh, I'll, it's highlighted. Don't worry, I'll get to it. But I, I let's just broad strokes. We don't have to like debate the particulars. I would say that he, despite the fact that he is aiming for her pleasure, he is in control, and he okay, is the that's... dominant figure. Yes, he is. And Even though it's about her pleasure. But it's still about her he pleasure. Is, he is dominant. So is... But can't so that is be that true okay? and be feminist? Yeah. So let me ask you this. It wouldn't be okay if he was dominant and she wasn't being pleased and he, it wasn't like clear that he was doing these things there, that there is, pleased her. There is this idea that women who are very capable, very powerful, like... To be submissive in the bedroom. Yeah. There is this idea. Do you, do you think that that's true to women's nature? I'm not going to go into women's nature. I think that women could want to be either one. But women should have the right to be dominant or submissive. And I have a feeling that women who are in control and powerful... Again, I feel like I'm going to get myself into all kinds of things because I've not read about this and I don't know what people think no, about I'm this. But in my perspective, it's like, heart. because you want to just like let go in the bedroom. And if that means like the the man that you trust is is like the one in control, then that's. But why eminent. would you want uh, uh, somebody else in control if you care about your power and your pleasure? Because you find power in letting go. And in- Interesting. Reaching your pleasure. Interesting. That could be a whole thesis. That could be a whole. That's why I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't even be saying this until I've read what people write about it. Because <laughs> I, who am I to? Well, I, th- to I, say. I thought that was an interesting like contrast. It was to me. I agree with you. It was like clearly very feminist centric. Like, I mean, the girl gang goes and like right. has a woman's shelter for women and like. You know, 19th century Britain and 
they're out, you know, shattering norms and mm-hmm. changing the world for the better. And yet, clearly, Adelaide, despite her clear capabilities, is very submissive in the bedroom. Is like willing to give it up to yeah. And, and that's and that's you know, hey, that's uh, their compliments to each other. He wants to be in the position of the domineering one. I don't think he would like Adelaide if. I, I don't get the sense that he would like somebody to dominate. Yeah, it doesn't mean he wouldn't be okay with her occasionally taking control. I know it didn't figure into this novel, but. I didn't get the, I got the sense that their bedroom time was all about him guiding where they were going to go. Yeah, I did think do. they were set up that way. Yeah, that she was more, and that he was guiding, look, introducing her. makes him complimentary. Being. Obviously, he likes that. She likes that. So they just assume right. those roles in the bedroom. But when they're out in the world, like she is a capable, strong woman. And yeah, you can I mean, her why roar, not? Right? Like, I don't see what the problem with that is. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say there was a problem. I just said it was a tension that I noticed in the novel. That's all I was saying. I was wondering if you noticed it as well and what you think about that. I was wondering if you could enlighten well, me. Well, I think women should be able to do what they want in the bedroom. And if that means they want to let be led, great. Mm-hmm. If they want to take control, great. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think it has to be either way. I The only thing that is that I'm not feminist is if the man is existing for his own pleasure and the woman is not getting something out of it, mm-hmm. then I don't think it's particularly feminist. Hmm. But beyond that, yeah, you know, I, I I have a very broad view of what feminism is. Oh, you do? Because I think it should be that women are choosing the life they want right. and the way they want to be. Right. Gretna Green. Once again, I know now Green. you're like I know all about Gretna now Gretna. you know all about it. I didn't even know that was like a missing, like that was like a gap in your world knowledge. I like know all about it. I've known about it forever. I bet you 99% of men don't know anything about Gretna Green. Which is like crazy to me because it's part of my like vocabulary. Like I can't imagine not knowing it. Yeah. I mean, if you had asked me last week what the place was where they got married, I wouldn't know the name. Oh, you might not have remembered? No, I wouldn't have remembered Gretna Green. But you would have known Scotland. I would have known they go up to this border town in Scotland and do this thing where they like elope basically right. and i don't really know what eloping is i guess i learned at some point and i've already forgotten about it but oh elope means you don't get the dowry right isn't that what and you just well you go off you're married and get married but you without, don't get the dowry but it's more than that you go off and get married without all of the protocols and things that were in place in england but you're still married yeah okay so i mean what is the difference between eloping and getting married Eloping is eloping to get married because in England you had all these rules about what were required before you could get married. What were the rules? Like you had to have bans read and that was like basically an announcement from that made it legal and you had to wait a certain amount of time and you had to get these special licenses and things. Huh. And so Have we talked about this? 
I don't know that we talked in detail about it, no. And so people would elope to Gretna Green because Scotland didn't have those rules. And Gretna Green just grew up on the border because you could do it. But it's the same. So then they were avoiding legal requirements. We should go to Gretna Green for like a family trip. That would be so fun. We should look it up and see what's out there. What's in Gretna Green today? (laughs) Well, we could go to England and then like go up to Gretna Green or something. That would be fun. Um, and so it's the same though idea, except that was legal requirements that people do now, you know, like I don't feel like dealing with all the trappings of getting married. So I'm going to elope to Las Vegas yeah, and but get it's, married. But it's, now there aren't the legal requirements. So you right. could literally do it anytime, but that's where that comes from is they uh-huh. had to do that to be able just to get married without permission. Right. Basically. Right. Long married to a duke who never left his estate in the Silly Isles, the Duchess of Treviscan was more merry widow than she was duchess, delighting in what had to be the best of all marriages, one that included an absentee husband. Did you like that? (laughs) I mean, I don't think that's true, but in that moment, it's like good as a description of her and like, society um instead of saying oh it's a bad marriage it's just it's this marriage that allows her to have all this freedom that she couldn't have had otherwise because that was the other thing women who weren't married had no freedom i hear you sister so yeah but not that i think that's the best of all marriages clearly please you know i just want to be around you all the time go hang out at rocky patel's and just smoke cigars all day no I, marriage for me is being with you. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. A black woman who'd left Ireland for London the moment she was able. Maggie had come with, is she black Irish or like actual black woman? It's interesting. I don't know. But I And it was capitalized. Black. It was capitalized black. So, so I read it as a black African woman. Or, yeah, that's what I, bl- African. African descent. Yeah, that's what I read it as too. And then she doesn't really figure. No, she's much. just this character. She reappears though in the books, so she'll. Were she'll there come black back. women in Ireland? Well, I mean, black women, black women were brought all over Europe, so maybe Ireland. Okay. Maggie had come with the clothes on her back to build a new life, where she could live freely as a woman, embodying her true self. Highlighted in blue, just so you know. Just because you're. You know, you need to be generous. You, after all, you are a man reading this. I was super generous. I I would give this four out of five stars. Oh, you would. Yeah. So one of the better. Yeah, this is worth reading. Hey, if you like the sex scenes, this is the novel to read because <laughs> she spends a lot of time but on it's it. Not 50, just the fifty percent of the novel. Fifty percent of the novel. They're in some. Sort of sexual rapture. It is not yes. 50%. Probably 30%. No, 50% they're in sexual rapture, in some state of sexual rapture. That and is not true. There are only two main scenes. And it's variable. It's all over the place. They're doing all sorts of things. Very um, creative. Creative lovemakers they've got going on. So Sarah McLean is obviously... Pervy herself, she enjoys a lot of. Like, but there was nothing unusual stuff. in these. Hey, pervy stuff is great. But Men this wasn't. What are you stuff. talking about? This is nothing unusual. 
I've got a highlighted portion. We'll get to it. Don't worry. But like, it's all general stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll read some okay, passages. Okay, because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Look at her, Adelaide Frampton, a solitary genius with a wicked sense of justice and a talent for stealing. That just smiled, that smile that meant everything was going according to plan. Obviously, she's the cat. <laughs> uh, who's the cat and who's the mouse? Was the right, I know. Your secret is safe with me, he said, something like admiration in his eyes, and she believed him, even though she shouldn't. He was dangerous. You women always like the dangerous. But women. dangerous to her, not dangerous as in you dangerous. Like, it's not like he's a bad boy. He's actually the opposite. He's just dangerous to her well, like her sense of self. He did box for six years at Eaton because she was so mad that he was not <laughs> the legitimate son of a duke. Oh, poor thing. One of his dark brows rose. I pay attention, Adelaide Frampton. Frampton. And when you heard my brother and Lady Helene were headed for London to Gretna, you weren't shocked and you weren't angry and you weren't fearful. You were relieved. He was right. She had been. And he'd noticed. Yeah. Oh. Well, because that's, that's nice. That's romantic yeah. that he noticed. That mm -hmm. he can tell what she's thinking. Clearly, that's a woman's dream because that's not reality, but. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, not reality. That you know what I'm thinking, that I should expect you to know what I'm thinking. I do. Without me saying it. I know what you're thinking before you know what you're thinking. That is not true. 100%. I know you're in a bad mood and you don't admit it to me until I make you cry, at which point you admit that you're in a bad but mood. But you don't. And then. But how many times have, have that, we talked about and then how. You have that catharsis. Okay, and then you, okay. And then you thank me. You say, you say, husband, I, I'm not worthy of you. And I say, that's true. But you. No, I never say that. But, you know. I never say that. But what I was going to say is how, how many times have we had the conversation where you say, I shouldn't just expect you to know. I need to tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I, want, I want to be able to get to the nub, the root of the matter quicker but sometimes it takes a catharsis yeah and, but i mean i'm just saying and i have to push that women's fantasy is that men will just know exactly what they're thinking i know what you're thinking oh, uh -huh. before mm -hmm. you know what you're I, thinking. I don't think that's true but i'll let you think that 139 highlights of i think large groups of powerful men have little reason to make change though i dare say your speeches are pretty mm. You didn't like that. But. I mean, taking pot shots at politicians is like, I get it. They're like opposed to each other. Maybe she's going to come around yeah. to it is the idea. But I mean, it's the zeitgeist. But it's she's also, she also grew up in a world in South London where that was true. The people ran the streets. Like, it wasn't like the lawmakers were... Yeah. Ugh, the control. highway man, the highway woman scoffed. It's just for show. We weren't out for blood. We were simply doing our part. And what part is that? Lucia turned a bright smile on him. Redistribution of wealth. I liked it, but I'm sure oh, you, you did like not. It. it was funny. It's, it's stupid. It's Robin Hood. Again, the zeitgeist. It's Robin Hood. It's 
it's the zeitgeist is what it's it robin is. it's Hood. like this this is popular now let's just say this redistribution it's cute i like it someday adeline frapton you're gonna realize you're absolutely impossible to miss oh did that did that warm your uh, heart yeah yeah Oh my, Adeline whispered, feeling wholly something else altogether. <laughs> she wrinkled her nose. How romantic. I would not have thought you were interested in the romantic. I'm not, she left to say. But you must agree, given names, the literal least one should be, should one should expect from a person who's to be our partner in all things. Tying cravats and folding trousers and whatnot, he gave a little laugh. Are we speaking of a wife or a valet? Are they very different? Do you like that that passage? Like, I like she that doesn't banter. like marriage. She didn't like marriage. I like the banter. But then he convinced her that marriage. But they they talk about romance in that. Right, and the idea many married couples use titles. That was the I was gonna thing. say, and the idea that using your given name is romantic. I mean, in that time, that was it really actually, is, like, intimate. For all my, like, anti-verisimilitude comments, that is probably one thing that she added that was probably true. They probably did discuss oh, titles I'm, and how to yeah. address Oh, I'm sure they did. In public and in private and all that kind of stuff. Didn't like the fact that they never laughed too loud or never caught unaware by a sneeze and never slurped their soup. Aristocrats, in Adelaide's view, spent far too much time trying for perfection when it was imperfection that made life well lived. Did you like that? I did. That was highlighted by a lot of people. Of course, because that's like a commentary that you can take to today. Mm -hmm. And like what really matters. Dear God. Had she been prepared, she might have not have looked. She might have turned away, avoided noticing the rivers of water sluicing down his body over the ridges and angles. That was very bold. He just stood right on up in the bathtub. Yeah. With her looking at him. Is that bold? Yes. They were unmarried. Mm-hmm. They barely knew each other, and he just stood on up naked. So women should do that. Or men should do that with women that they're in- <laughs> They barely know, but they're pretending to be married to. I guess they do that. I I guess was this when they were pretending to be married? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's very bold. Is all I'll say. Usually, in a novel, do it if they got the goods. I mean, maybe if you know that that it's going to be welcomed by the woman, but I don't know. How do you you know? know? How do you know if it's going to be welcomed? Um, do you feel that vibrating in her yes, house? Yes, it's children running around our oh. house. <laughs> well, I don't know how you know, but mm. it could be particularly alarming for a woman. But in this be. case, it wasn't because she liked it. But okay. I don't know. Should I have gone around naked around you? <laughs> like early on, that yeah. would have been per- perhaps pretty shocking. Oh, it would have been too shocking. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have enjoyed it. <laughs> um. But we were never in a situation like this, so who knows what I would have wanted if we were in a situation where we were alone in a hotel room. Yeah. Mm, You like that too, don't you, Adelaide? When I tell you how good you are, how much you please me, when you talk about your pleasure, 
Yes, she whispered. Good girl, he said. (laughs) The words sending a sizzle of pleasure through her. That's what I mean by it was like a little bit more than like submissive. It was like good girl. He kept on calling her good girl. You really key into that. This is not the first novel where you've noticed someone saying good girl and that really captures your attention. Do you want to be called a good girl? No, but I mean, I'm a mature woman. I'm a mature woman at this point. That doesn't do it for me, but. It might when we were younger? People. Maybe. Who knows? The time has passed, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highlighted the P word. The P word was used for You literally anatomy. just highlighted yep, it because it. you're like, oh, the oh, P word. <laughs> because we are always She 13. cried out at the pleasure, at the way he lingered at the top of her P. When he lifted his head, she was panting. Her body was no longer hers. Her hips lifting towards him. Her fingers itching to capture his hair and return him to his position. That's pretty um, vivid. (laughs) Uh, She shouldn't get used to anything about him. Tell me a story. I I like that. Yeah. And where they like talked about their past and he cares about like her past life. I like that. That was actually good. I, and that was romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All women with skill and talent and a wicked sense of justice. Wicked sense of justice. That's that the second r- time that's been mentioned. Wicked sense of justice. I mean, oh, uh, those eyes again, full of desire. You're a cock. <laughs> She had to, he made her say it. I know. Well, I mean, that's a thing. It's a whole thing. They have like a whole banter going on throughout their lovemaking. They do. There's a lot of talking. A lot of talking. That's like a hallmark of her. Oh, is that what she's into? Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm going to let you ride my C. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that line was in there. Oh, and then... You say it's pretty normal. Her hum becoming a rhythmic sigh as she loved him with her mouth. Okay, but hum. that's... Do you do you know about this? I, I mean, I guess not. If you don't know about anything it. other So, this is probably inappropriate, but my wrestling coach in college, right? Uh-huh. Used to talk about hummers. That was his word for BJs. Okay. And it was because he used to tell me that if you can get a woman to hum while well, she does it, it feels better. I, I promise you, he told us this, and I just, I didn't really think about it. And he used to always call it hummers. BJs were hummers. Well, I mean, but I mean. Because that, I think that's, that's like what a she word. Wanted. Well, that's what she or was doing. Humming, you think. Adding, not just the Because BJ, the vibrations of the Not just the, the BJ, voice. but actual humming. Well, that's what they're talking about here. There's yeah. a whole thing where she's like, yeah, I assume Doing that's this what they're him. talking about. So don't tell me that's not creative. This is outside of like normal. This is like. But I mean, none of these things are unusual for people to do, are they? I would say that they these these lovemakers are on the creative side of things. I, I'm not done yet. It goes <laughs> on. There's more. But in I mean, there. that a BJ is not a creative act. Not that creative, no. I mean, none of these acts are but like the way that they, out far out of the But the way box. they did it Is was more. creative. Oh, okay. The way she did her BJ, I mean, that's not that's not 
the normal way that most women do that. Oh, okay. Would you say that's the normal way that most women do that? Do you I, know? Did I you don't know, know about Homer? Homer? You didn't even know about Homer before I started talking about this. So that's a thing. But that doesn't seem like that big of a move to make. I'm just saying it's, I mean, there's only so much you can do. The anatomy is pretty <laughs> set. Like, but there are, there are norms and there are things that are outside the norm. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's creative. That's all mm. I'm saying. It's a good mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the while, she watched him hot for him, full of power, of dominion. See what I'm saying? Yeah, of dominion, domination, dominion. I mean, it's pretty close to saying she liked to be dominated. So, um, all right. Listen to this passage, and you tell me what's happening in this passage. And she did, unable to stop herself. Unable to resist his pull closer and closer to the edge, not wanting to stop as she rocked against him, his tongue tracing over her secret places, and his fingers sliding over her bottom, finding another secret place. Panting slow, languid circles, until she was beyond herself, panting his name and begging him not to stop. Why are you reading this? (laughs) He didn't. Not until she had taken her climax in a slow, increasing wave that crashed hard and fast through her on a scream. I mean, it's so what just happened like in a, that in that in that passage? It's just a, it's just oral sex. Just oral sex. Is that true? Um, I I understand. What oh, you don't want me to talk you about want me that to one part? You read it. He's just pleasuring her. In many different ways. In many different ways. Would you say that's a creative? Is that a creative? Well, it's effective. Is it? It's effective, so. Okay. I'm just, would you, would you, I I submit that they are creative with their many different forms of lovemaking, and you were at first were like, oh, it was pretty run-of-the-mill. I would say that this is stuff we've never seen before. I don't know. I mean, because I've read many more romance novels than you. I've read twenty six or twenty seven. Well, say you're getting up there. If now. you if you count if you count uh, all the pretty horses, twenty eight at this point. Okay, we still don't count that. But yes, you have read more. But I mean, I I would say it is very specific, and it's open to like what is going to give them the most pleasure. But it's not like they're using, like, a lot of... They're not using, like, toys and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow that's... But that's beyond the pale. Somehow that's beyond the pale, but everything I didn't say beyond. I mean, this is not beyond the pale. Well, why is that, like, something that is... Uh, extreme and that what they've done is not extreme i think well i don't think this taste. is extreme i think I this is think fine i think uh, toys are extreme no i don't why would you are. why would you contrast it with toys i think toys are just some people like them some people don't i was just saying like this feels like stuff that people do do you like us having this discussion <laughs> no, with children like not. in the other room oh, you can like we can hear, hear them, them through the wall <laughs> i'm just saying yes i will say that it is creative in the sense like it's really open what is going to give them pleasure and they want to like get the most pleasure mm-hmm. out of their right you know interludes yeah so mm-hmm. but that's enough well i will say 
that I don't know how tall. How tall was it? It was never mentioned. I actually I thought that because you've been was, talking about height. Nor his penis size. No, he was handsome, but nothing beyond that he was very handsome. I'm very impressed. Good job, Sarah <laughs> McLean. You hear that, this Sarah? Is the, this <laughs> is the first novel that I've read where that he wasn't either have a large member or... Like, like, literally, they'll say his six two frame or his six four frame. Like, right, I know. Like, been, actually, like, say his exact size. Lot. Yeah. And then we've read novels where the exact size of his member was measured. But we know it was enough to please her because she that's was very matters, pleased. Really. Exactly. And that's what matters. It's about the women's pleasure, exactly. as you have, as you've. I keep saying. He would follow her wherever she chose, give her whatever she wished. He would live in her apartments above the place if she liked, if Maggie O'Turnan would suffer a duke as a tenant. Yeah, he would do whatever it took. He just wanted to be with her. That's what every woman wants. Yeah. I was afraid of the box, of its contents for so long. I made to destroy it a thousand times, knowing it was a risk to let exist. But I couldn't let it, um, couldn't risk it to let it, I could, knowing that it was a risk to let it exist, but I couldn't because it proved that love existed, that it was a good and worthy and true, so I took that risk. So what do you think about that passage? I forgot what the passage is. <laughs> I made to just the box. I made to just. Oh, I mean, I think it's true. Like he could. The practical thing mm-hmm. is to destroy it. Yeah, I like that. But I like he that holds device. on to it. Like mm-hmm. it was nice, and it was cool that it was like this puzzle box that his dad created. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I really liked that parent story. I thought it was really nice, and mm-hmm. it was really romantic to me. Yeah, she waved a hand. Cavendish and Austin and Nor Smiths. Who's Cavendish? I don't know, an author. Maybe we need to read it if if Cavendish is in the same breath as I don't Austin. I think Cavendish. Adventure stories, maybe? Oh, you think so? I don't know. I'll have to look. Cavendish. Well, Austin. We know who Austin right, is. Right, of course. Um, his promises, his beautiful eyes, his warm touch, and the way he noticed her. That's just the whole thing, though. Hear this, Adelaide Frampton, he said, quiet steel in his words. You are the most remarkable person I've ever known. Strong and brilliant, with more courage than I've seen in another, and more beautiful than any one person has caused to be. I've no interest in being freed from your clutches. She said, he says all that in front of like all her friends. What did you think about that? Was that romantic? I love it. Yes. In front of the girl gang. Just professing his love. Yes, because he doesn't care and he's just so in love with her and he thinks she's so amazing and he doesn't want her to think for a second that she is not amazing. Should I have done that in front of some girl gang that you have? Well, I don't really have a girl gang. You should get a girl gang so I can do it in front of you. I need a girl gang. Maybe I need to do it in front of like Carolina. That's like your girl gang. (laughs) 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 Like one girl who lives across the country from us. You 
lightweight toffs teach your girls nothing, then you throw them to the fucking wolves, and I know it because then you hire my boys to do the dirty work of covering up your mistakes. Yep. I thought that was good. I highlighted it. Yeah, I do too. I mean. Yeah. His hand stroked down her side, finding the round swell of her belly full with the child she would soon bear. That was romantic for you. You like that? Idea. I mean, he's gotten her I was with like, a child. Or- he basically got her to submit to traditional norms of the man. Yeah, but they're still out trying to make the world a better place for women everywhere. Yeah, I feel like I did that to you. You were like all women's lib, and then I just got you to submit to. To the man that you loved. I mean, it's the way it goes. Well, it's not an either or. I, it's not. I know. And you know, I don't think that. Oh, and just so in case you're wondering, Cavendish is romance, but with like a feminist bent. Um, Cavendish? The author, Cavendish. It's a woman? It's a I woman, guess. Margaret Cavendish. Oh. Um, From when? The Blazing World is an example. 17th century? 1600s? <laughs> feminist The Blazing literature? World is a highly original work, part utopian fiction, part feminist text. It tells of a lady shipwrecked on the Blazing World where she is made empress and uses her power to ensure that it is free of war, religious division, and unfair sexual discrimination. Huh. Interesting. Maybe we need to read Cavendish. I know. This volume also includes The Contract a romance in which love and law work harmoniously together and assaulted and pursued chastity, which explores the power and freedom <laughs> a woman can achieve in the disguise of a man. Interesting. I think we have to read Cavendish. Uh, at some point, yes, we'll have to read it. Yep. So final thoughts. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, that- I enjoyed reading the salacious passages uh, publicly and making you comment on them. I enjoyed that more than even reading them in the first Well, I'm glad place. I could give you that pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also, it was well, it, fun to read. I'm not going to lie. Now that we're reading. It's about your pleasure, not about my pleasure. We know exactly. that. But that you get pleasure from my pleasure, right? That's right. the ultimate feminist situation we have. Um, but. Now that we've been reading romance now, like deliberately for 25 weeks, and I kind of usually just read them, you know, and I read them super fast and I just skip over, like you've noticed, I skip over things I don't like. I just move on, read the rest. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this book. I'm not saying that any of the, like, it's, it's a romance novel, but I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is fun. And the women are just out there, like, doing good things Mm -hmm. and. It's like a world that's fun to read about. So I just really enjoyed this book, actually. Mm, good. Yeah. Even though I'm reading it for the second time, I still enjoyed it. And I will good. definitely read the next one. And perhaps you can read it with me. Perhaps. Perhaps. Don't I you want to find out what happens with Imogen? Not really. You know that Deputy Inspector Peck is going to be her love interest. I will read the next one if we're good to read the salacious passages on... A podcast. Well, I mean, we publicly. can only imagine what's going to come up with that one. Right. Right. So Imogen, Imogen is probably going to use. She's a little bit wilder than she's Adelaide. Gonna, she's going to use fire and ice jelly on she genitals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. She's into chemicals. Who knows? She if, is. So she I might mean, chemically alter her happen. brain. She might be into like. I don't think she's going to do choking that. stuff. No, she was more like you know, into cho- bombs. Choking orgasm. That's like a whole thing. You know about that, right? I mean, I've heard of it. I've actually never read a novel with that in it. Right. So, 
you know, it's apparently more intense if you're on the edge of death. <laughs> I think we're not going to get into that, but, you know. You know, I, you know, some of us are creative, others, you know, are more. But I'm glad you could get some enjoyment from these salacious passages. What are we reading next week? We are reading The Happy Place. It's Emily Henry's new book. She wrote Book Lovers. Book and so lovers. she's one of my go-to Remind authors. me Book Lovers. What was that It was that about? the woman who was like. Um, Went to North Carolina. Yeah. And, and she ended up falling in love with like the editor guy. The editor. So they're kind of like anti Who she hated, but then she fell in love with him. Right, and she's, like, into working and being in the city, and it's kind of like the anti-Hallmark movie. Ah, okay. So. I wonder what she's going to do now. I know. You know, I still think Georgie Olong is still my top modern, and, of course, Bronte is my top classical. But it's your top of all. Right. Of course. And you still put Pride and Prejudice above Georgie Olong? Uh, is that, wait, which that was Austin. Austin. That was Pride and Prejudice. Austin. I mean, you can't compare them. They, I mean. But you can. I mean, they're all romance novels. Well, for different purposes. Like, which one's more enjoyable to read? Probably Georgie all along. But which one's, like, has better literary worth? Obviously, Austin has better. Well, some people might say not obviously. Well, uh, but well, I will give you Jane not Eyre. anybody who's rereading who, Jane Eyre. Not anybody who studied like, on a university level literature would Jane think Eyre. that Georgie Long has more literary worth than Austin. Nobody would. Well, think that. more worth perhaps about romance. And that's a different. That's a different because that's question. our. But that's our question. Our question is not literary. Well, yet. I actually think it says a lot that the older ones say a lot because I think again it says a lot about what romance is. Because context is so important. Yeah. And what we came from, even if you're reacting to it by being having a super feminist view of what romance ought to be, that reaction is what you think romance is. Yeah. So you st- it still matters that you know that we came from a place where women were basically treated as material right. objects. And now they want to, there's a reaction to it. And if you want to engage in romance, you need to know that. Like, oh, absolutely. In order to be I able agree to, with you. Yeah, to for do sure. romance. That's enjoyable for both people. I, I agree okay. with you. And I still, I would actually say Jane Eyre might have the most to say about romance. Well, of any novel but you know, I, I did actually I just like Jane Eyre. The, I like the supernatural and. I, I thought it was super romantic. I told you I did not expect to be touched by it. I thought it was it was romantic. Yeah, well, that. But when when you have supernatural and you have like literary flourishes, it like says that there's a magic behind yeah. us all. Yeah, that says we're more than the sum of our material parts, which is what's so important to me about right. literature. It says that that we have souls, and the beautiful things we create are evidence of that. And so, having a nod to that by having some supernatural and having some real literary flourishes—that's why I like, for example, Faulkner more than I like Hemingway. Right. His flourishes speak to that, speak to the soul. Whereas, 
you know, reporting what is, in, even in a beautiful way like Hemingway does, does that too, but maybe less overtly. That That's it's a taste thing, right? I it, think it I think you know different people, but more than I mean, if we're talking about romance, Jane Eyre also did have the most clear connection. That is more than just like an attraction and a a meeting because that w- it was like over and over again that we are like these people like we are the same kind of people and for me that's hmm. that's romantic and it's like somehow they see themselves yeah, each true. other as the best people for them Pride and Prejudice didn't have that not really because remember we didn't get nearly as much about their romance it was very like polite society I thought it's still good mm. don't get me wrong I thought it was a commentary on polite society more even than Jane Eyre. Yeah. If you're reading to understand what the time was like. Maybe so. But I thought Jane Eyre did the best job of like what is like a true love story mm-hmm. beyond just the just the meeting and finding each other attractive mm. and being fun and cute because it wasn't fun and cute at all, really. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I did love Georgia all along. I actually do too. I think Kate Claiborne might be the best author. Of all, is that, that who read. wrote Georgia? And she wrote love lettering. I think she might be the best. Love lettering was too, but it was good. But it was such a good one. At that point, you yeah. did think it was one of the best. I, I still do. I just i. It's very eccentric. Very New York. I like Georgia Long because it wasn't New York. It was. It was like, yeah. And it wasn't hip, and it wasn't right. It wasn't. It wasn't eccentric at all. It was anti-eccentric. No, but it was well written. The characters were mm-hmm. super likable. Yeah. Everyday people. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to read The Happy Place. Okay. So we will see. I have no idea. I wasn't even sure it was out yet, but then we looked and it was. So we're going to read The Happy Place. The Happy Place next week. Yep. Next week. <laughs>